0: Today on Locked On Canadians, Tyler Toffoli has been traded. The Habs rebuild is on. We're going to talk about the return, what this means for the future of the Canadians, and share our favorite things about Tyler Toffoli as he leaves. That's coming up all in today's episode of Locked On Canadians. <laughs> Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 553 of Locked On, Canadians. We thought it would be an uneventful week. There was there were no games on until Thursday, and the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens have decided to start the rebuild, which fans were excited about, but then when we saw who got traded, we were like, wait, no, no, not like that. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that in today's episode. My name is Laura Sava, also known as The Active Stick. And I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla of Habs, Eyes on the Prize, who has been scrambling to get a little bit of information on our brand new prospect um, so we can talk about it. Scott, I know this is not a great Valentine's Day gift to you from the Montreal Canadiens (laughs) organization. I also am not not too pleased. Tyler Toffoli was a fan favorite and a great contract, a great player, very useful, two-way, everything like that. And um, how does this make you feel, Scott? (laughs)
1: <laughs> this makes me feel extremely upset in that Tyler Foley was like the unofficial team dad. And every time I'm like my head, someone put it in my mentions the best way possible is that the head goes, this is a really good idea. This is how rebuilds go. And the heart goes, ouch. And I keep reading the quotes from Cole Caulfield and everything. And it's just, or about Cole Caulfield and everything. Uh, with Toffoli talking with them and about all the hanging out with Jake Evans and stuff, and it it hurts on the inside. My head goes, "This is this is the kind of moves you have to make when you're rebuilding," but it, it hurts a whole lot. It, it, it stings. <laughs> like uh, for all the flack we gave Mark Bergevin, and there there was a lot of flack that we gave Mark Bergevin. Tyler Toffoli's four year, four point two five million dollar per year deal is one of his best contract signings to date at any level and it, it stings like i'll get over it it is a rebuild it's only gonna get worse before it gets better but <laughs> this is not the name i expected to move first out of montreal i thought for sure that ben charat or somebody would have gone way before this i thought to would have been like an actual deadline piece and charat would have moved sooner since due to his pure rental status but it is what it is, and it's going to sting a little bit. It's going to be weird not seeing 73 on the ice next game, <laughs> but uh, you got you to deal with it. That's what rebuilding is. It's, it's not easy on anybody.
0: That's very, very true. And for those of you who are listening to us and not watching on YouTube, uh, Scott is clutching a stuffed Pikachu, from what I can tell. That was a Pikachu, wasn't it? and um i kind of feel that way as well that those are the feelings that i have but before we get into a little bit more about tyler toffoli and what a great um piece he was on this team uh and in the city i want to talk a little bit about what this means in general this means to me this is how i'm seeing it and i'm not sure if you'll agree scott because for uh all the listeners we haven't actually had a chance to discuss today we've just been in shock um is that it seems to me that the rebuild is going harder than we thought it would. They're, they're really, they're doing a tear down. Because if you thought that you were going to be contending in the next couple of years, why wouldn't you keep a very productive piece that does play on the penalty kill that is under contract for $4.25 million and is a mentor to all of the younger players on your team? If you're letting a guy like that go, to me, in my mind, that means that you are going really hard on the next two years. You really want those high draft picks. You really want a teardown and reconstruct. And... To his credit, Tyler Toffoli, everything that he said, um, you know, it's all about what a business is. He seemed to understand it. But to I think to to most people in the uh, in the fan base and in the market, we weren't entirely sure which way this rebuild was going to go, because Kent Use himself said that he wasn't sure how it was going to go. He said he didn't see it kind of like an Arizona Coyotes type of rebuild. So in my mind, that means they're going to keep some competent players on the team. Um, and like Arizona, where they're just like, everybody's for sale. Everybody's for sale. So I think that, you know, the Canadians kind of have something in mind that they're going to be working towards, but it was like, this is more than I expected because I felt like this is, this is the kind of guy you keep around. And so if they're not keeping this guy around, it means that almost everybody's for sale. And now I'm going to go and purchase a Pikachu, Scott, because I'm worried (laughs) that Jake Allen is going (laughs) and, and I'm going to need my own uh, security blanket type thing. Uh, And, um, and yeah, I like it really I think to me, this really signifies that there is going to be a larger shift than we thought.
1: The biggest thing with all this is like you said, this is the signal of it's not just okay, a piece here piece there, they're, they're gonna strip this sucker down for parts gonna look like, you know, a burnt out husk of a Canadians team. And that might mean names that maybe we weren't expecting to be on the block. Would someone like Michael Pozzetta, who might be drawing interest because of his energetic style, draw some attention? And if someone like Tafoli went, that's only going to increase interest, I think, in an Arturi Lekanen. Or is someone like Paul Byron, who's a veteran, who's a little bit older, but has some experience and good playoff experience, uh f- out there now like it feel I feel like the scope is now much wider with Tyler Toffoli being the first one gone here and that's if this was Ben Chirat I would just say okay we expected this with this being the first hammer to drop uh this is definitely like it kind of forces us to reassess where this team is at and like yeah we know they were bad we didn't think they were this bad and going into next season we thought okay injuries won't be as big of a problem the percentages will rebound a little bit and, you know, to full probably be a part of that. But unfortunately, you know, sometimes you just get a deal and we're going to discuss the new prospect in a little bit here, but apparently if someone, they had their eyes on already. Sometimes it is what it is. And when you get that package that you don't think you're going to get anywhere else, you take it and you just run and you go with it. Honestly.
0: And we're going to talk a little bit about that package, that return, what Calgary gave up and what we kind of um, surmise was, was, the, was the whole uh, driver behind that trade. We're going to assess the return and we're going to talk a little bit about Emil Heinemann uh, and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, got beard, get primal. You heard me right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who's never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. And my esteemed co-host and his girlfriend will agree. Primal origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal origin oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are Fair trade certified and handcrafted in the USA. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel and beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. But make sure to check out the Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked On NHL. That's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked On NHL podcast feed. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And I gotta say, Rachel... And Anne are absolutely killing it. And Erica Lindsay Ayala is literally in Beijing reporting from there. And her coverage is comprehensive. She has Twitter spaces. She has episodes. She has just been phenomenal. Please, please check out our Olympic Hockey Daily. You will absolutely not regret that. One thing you will regret, though, is falling in love with a player in this market. Because now all of a sudden they're apparently all free 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 and fair game. Uh, Personally, I'm obviously taking this pretty hard. I thought that Tyler Toffoli himself and uh, also his wife—they knew exactly. They got it. That's what it means to be in this market. The way they carried themselves, the way they played, the way that they—you know—the way that uh, at least Tyler was always available to media when necessary. The way Kat Toffoli just befriended everybody uh, in the organization and in the Canadians' media and and parts of the fan base as well. They have an adorable dog that is now in Calgary, and no longer in Montreal. We are going to miss. Dodger. So Tyler Toffoli was definitely a fan favorite, which is absolutely a good reason for a a team to trade for him. But I think what Calgary was actually looking for was specifically Tyler Toffoli. I think because there have been lots of rumblings about how this is a great season for them, but they need to beef up their secondary scoring. That's exactly what Tyler Toffoli provides. He has worked with uh, Daryl Sutter before in Los Angeles. He is a cup winner, And he also has played with a lot of the players on that roster. And so I think specifically Tyler Toffoli and the Calgary Flames were just a phenomenal fit. I don't know if there are very many teams that would say no to Tyler Toffoli if available. But I feel like there aren't very very many teams that would be this perfect for him.
1: And, and I'm looking at their uh, their lineup on Daily face-off, and they have their top line: Johnny Gaudreau, Elias Lindholm, Matthew Kachuk, great. Then they have Blake Coleman, Michael Backlund, and Tyler Toffoli penciled in on the second line. The third line is Dylan Dubé, Sean Monahan, Andrew Monjopani. And then Lucic, Ruzicka, and Trevor Lewis on the fourth line. There is any number of spots you could put Toffoli in there, and I think he'd be an immediate impact. And I gotta say, putting him with Coleman and uh, Backlund, who are both very good defensively, and have some offensive upside, and Toffoli has that ability to find soft space and score goals. That's what he does for the Canadians. And even if they move him, you know, to play on the third line or move Sean Monahan upper, you know, play him opposite Andrew Monjapani, it's just it's like you said, it's a good fit. He knows he knows Daryl Sutter's system. He played for him. For a couple of years in LA, when they won a Stanley Cup and everything else, it, it, it is hard to imagine a more perfect fit for a guy like Tyler Toffoli, and they have him obviously through the end of this year and for two more seasons. They can continue to go for this, and the question for the Flames becomes: Okay, with this contract on the books, who is not re-signing here? But that's a Calgary Flames problem. That is not a Montreal Canadiens problem. It's. I'm just glad they're not – it's not someone in the Eastern Conference or in the Habs division because <laughs> – Or a team well, we hate. Yeah, because look what happened <laughs> when he played Vancouver last year in the North Division. All he did was just dunk on them from such a height that Vancouver was almost erased from the map. And, like, <laughs> it, it – it, I oh, just – I'm glad that he's not in the conference because – The Tyler Toffoli revenge game is real. He does get to play the Canucks a lot more often now in the Pacific Division, which is a Vancouver Canucks problem and something hilarious for me to go watch happen outside of that. But it's a good fit. It just leaves a very large hole uh, for the Canadians to fill in their lineup. And I don't know if they have a guy right now who fills that same spot, but they're going to have to find someone in the next couple of years real quick to do that same role.
0: There's a lot of cap space that's being shed as well that we're seeing, um, and that's coming as well. They obviously the return was uh, Tyler Pitlick, cousin of Rem Pitlick. I don't think there are any more Pitlicks left for the Canadians to collect at the moment. Uh, But he... I mean, that's, that's a guy who's going to be able to play on the penalty kill, but he comes off the books this summer, right? He's going to sign somewhere else. He's going to be a free agent. Um, and so I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily know, you know, if that specifically was a player that the Habs wanted. It's probably a contract that the Flames wanted to get off the books. Uh, there's also two uh, picks coming Back to the Canadians, so it's the 2022 first rounder that's top 10 protected. Obviously, Calgary is not going to be finishing in the top 10 of the lottery unless you know they lose every game from here on out. And so, it's very likely that the Canadians are getting a pick in the 20s and potentially late 20s, depending on how Calgary's postseason shakes out. They're obviously having a phenomenal season. They are a team to watch. Um, And it is exciting. So I I do hope that Tyra Toffoli gets a magical run as well. And, you know, it would be really fun if he gets, you know, gets one every couple of years. uh, But at the same time, there's another pick. There's a 2024 fourth rounder, I believe, or a fifth rounder. um, That is, uh, that's definitely coming. And then the top 10 protected pick has some weird conditions attached to it, which Scott is pointing at me right now
1: um so the 2022 pick is top 10 protected like you said that unless the flames nuke their season uh the canadians are likely getting that one if it goes to 2023 uh the canadians also get a 2024 fourth round pick in addition to the 2023 fifth round pick so they have one for 2023 if the first round pick in this year's draft is deferred because of it being top 10 protected, the Canadians will also get a fourth on top of that, in addition to Tyler Pitlick and Emile Heineman on in this trade here. So it could end up being, let's see, hold on. One, two, three, four, five assets for Tyler tofoli which isn't which isn't poor business at all if you can draft well. It's uh there's just some conditions to that that I don't know if they're actually gonna pan out because they require Calgary to tank their own season yeah <laughs> tank to be the halves for the rest of the year and i don't i don't picture them doing that at least not this year
0: that's the same and so we are going to talk about ml heineman in the next segment so i'm not i'm not focusing too much on that but something interesting that uh, that i thought about was uh we kept hearing today how The Canadians, you know, sorry, the Calgary Flames really wanted to get this particular guy. And they wanted in on him before anybody else. Like you said, Scott, like we thought it was going to come down to a trade deadline bonanza. um, And they said no. And they said they wanted to set the market. Obviously, you know, about a month before the trade deadline, a little bit more. I think there's five weeks to the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken you're talking about setting the market and it's a pretty high bar. You're, you know, you've got your top six forward is second line forward who does play on the penalty kill. Like you got to remember that he's still young enough that he's not on the decline and he's still got an economical contract. So you're saying you're trading four things or potentially five things, depending on how that shakes out. But at the same time, I personally feel like the Canadians could have held out a little bit more given how much uh, Calgary wanted to Foley and how they were not shy about talking about, like we've been talking about how they want to Foley for about a month now. So I feel like the Canadians could have held out a little bit longer, but at the same time, it's not a bad return. You know, Canadians fans are disappointed. Like, a lot of Calgary fans are kind of, um, they're talking about how this was getting Tyler Toffoli for nothing. And I would strongly disagree with that because the Canadians need the picks. They are in a rebuild mode, and they've made that very clear. And a top, like, a, a top 30 pick, top well, top 32 now, a first-rounder, it's not nothing. It's, like, a lot of players pan out from that, like, that that, like, point in the draft right it's not like you're saying you're the canadians are going to be taking a chance on a seventh rounder and you might end up with with a with a, a hall of fame goaltender or a nothing so i think to me like that that's kind of overblown as well with with the prospect we don't actually know that much about him it like people are saying there's a red flag that he was traded twice he was traded to calgary from florida for sam bennett and then now he's traded to montreal but from What the insiders are saying, this is a guy that Montreal really wanted. They see something in him. That's the one that they wanted. So they asked for that one. We are going to talk about that in our next segment, though. So stick around for that. But first football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, let's get into Emil Heineman. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Somebody said Heineman like like Butman. <laughs> um and I I really appreciate that 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 help. I I don't want to mispronounce it. I've heard a couple of different kinds of pronunciation and all the coverage that I've been trying to consume today. Um, and um, I think for me, uh, the, the, the player kind of reminds me of Josh Anderson. Most people are saying that he's kind of like an Arturi Lekkonen.
1: I've seen both. Uh, I talked to Patrick Bexell, our European prospects expert at eyes on the prize and who had a direct line to his coach. Uh, his defensive game is not nearly as far along at this point as Arturi Lekkonen's was with Frölunda. Uh, he does have offensive talent, though. He can play with speed and power behind his shot, but he is far from a finished product. Uh, in 36 games this year, he's got 11 goals, 5 assists, which is up from his season previous, where he had 40 in 43 games he had 7 goals and 6 assists. In the previous season before that, where he spent most of it in the Junior League in Sweden, where he had 41 points in 29 games, he has talent. He has size to make things happen, but he's still developing And Patrick did mention this, and this is a big thing. He's not coming over anytime soon. He just signed a new contract in Sweden right before Christmas. So he will be there at least through, I believe, next season, maybe a year beyond that. And then Scott Wheeler also pointed out that he's the kind of guy who goes from Swedish junior league to Sweden into a middle six role to a top line role to an AHL top six role to an NHL middle six role by potentially 2023-2024, which looking at the timeline for this rebuild, it all kind of fits. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him outside of the clips that people posted on Twitter. Looks like he's got a nose for the net. Like you said, he plays kind of like a Josh Anderson reckless style that includes some of the defensive lapses. I don't know enough and haven't had a chance to watch enough of him to actually make a definitive statement on this. But the Habs clearly saw someone they liked in this, especially in a, a prospect pool that has a Matthew Coronado, uh, Jakob Pelletier, Dustin Wolf, et cetera. There were other players, and this is the guy they were honed in on, and he was taken – let's see if I'm looking at this draft correctly. He was taken 43rd overall by the Panthers, and then four picks later, the Canadians picked Luke Tuck and then Jan Mishak. So my thought is if this, if he wasn't taken at 43rd, I don't know if they take Tut or Mishak or at that point there because one of them might have fit that same profile there. They have a type. Very clearly they have a type. Uh, time's going to tell, and I'm, I'll let you talk for a little bit in a second here, Laura, but I have my thought process on this that I've been kind of thinking of all day. In a vacuum, it feels underwhelming because we thought to Foley with term on his contract, good for 20 goals, playoff performer, et cetera, et cetera would get so much. And when I look at this just on its own right now, it's not great, at least looking at it in that. But I want to kind of look at this as a whole thing when Sherrod is traded, when whoever else is traded, and see what the entire haul looks like for this rebuild, and then go from there. Because I don't feel like we can judge this based all on singular trades. It's going to be what is at the end of all this? What is at the end of this tunnel? And I think that's the best way to kind of analyze this.
0: And I think the only way to get forgiven for trading away somebody players love um, is success is to show that it was worth something. And, you know, the method to their madness right now is that they want to put a team in place and build a culture that's brand new. Um, and they want, you know, like they, they brought in this new coach that they believe in his philosophy. They are bringing in or they're shipping out players. They're like, whoever they're bringing in right now, um, is going to have to be part of the long-term or, Come off the books this year so either it's a pick or a prospect that fits into their philosophy of what the canadians should be um and i think you know you can't really judge until you see where where Heineman's ceiling is and that's not going to happen for another couple of years, but also the timeline that we're talking about next year, the year, the year after that, it's not a long rebuild. That's not a seven year, eight year rebuild teardown, right? So it does make sense that they want players that are sort of in this similar uh, station and, and age group kind of thing, like where you've got wave after wave of good players, right? Like Nick Suzuki has graduated to his, um, you know, his big his big contract. He's, he's getting paid, right? At the end of next year, there's something like that at, at, for Cole Caulfield, depending on what happens next year. So like there's got to be a bunch of entry-level supporting players that they're going to have to be able to play on this team if they're going to keep a bunch of good players together. I'm not making sense. I'm rambling. I'm very upset, but... <laughs> Um, I, I think you kind of get what 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 my idea is behind this is that they want like they want to be able to consistently add younger players to replace departing players who are, basically just past their prime so I think for me this was a shocker but I, I I think the only person that would have shocked me more would have been if they traded Carey Price which um, you know it, it, everybody else you know even Brendan Gallagher he's a veteran now there's a possibility that it's like well, you know what Brendan Gallagher maybe he's from the old old team and they they, they they, just want a full change and you know they don't want his leadership they want to bring in a new kind of leadership or whatever anyway I'm rambling a lot but I think the, the last couple of things that I want to say is that Tyler Tifford's Foley was a good mentor to the young players. You know, Jake Evans um, was a big fan of his. They became really good friends this season. And last year he was there for Cole Caulfield. Uh, He was definitely there for Nick Suzuki. They've learned a lot from him. Um, They love him and we're very sad to see Cole Caulfield so upset. Um, He Said he didn't want Tyler Toffoli to go. Uh, It's going to be a rough adjustment for him. But I think at the end of the day, You know what? It's definitely something. It's a step that the Canadians felt that they had to make. Um, And again, it's exactly like you said, we're going to judge this based on the overall package after the trade deadline, after the draft, you know, what happens, what what do they bring in for all the things they're losing? I think the future is bright. I really do. It's, it's, it's sad for us now, but they're being bold. I think is the key here. They are being bold. They, they made a huge bold choice with their, with their hiring their coach and now, you know, they're not afraid to trade away a player on a good contract. Who's a fan favorite.
1: And I think that's it. Is that a situation like this, they are digging out of an internal pit of fire and crap hockey that the only way you fix this is you are bold and you go for it. Mark Bergevin wouldn't do this. Mark Bergevin would trade like Cedric Paquette and like maybe Ben Chirac, maybe, and that would be it. And we would just be stuck in this cycle. Um, It it sucks because they're gonna they're gonna look. People are gonna look at the new guys Hughes and Gordon and this and that and go, well, they traded all the fan favorites, and it's like, well, guess what? You kind of have to eventually get value exactly you have to do something you cannot be on and off the pot at the same time because one then you make a mess on the floor and somebody else has to come in and clean it up and the canadian scene can't afford to do that anymore and unfortunately this is part of that like we said off the top of the show is you lose favorites that's what happens it's as simple as that is that it just it happens and this should send a signal that hey there it's gonna it's gonna be a tear down here that means guys like Petrie. That might mean guys like Brendan Gallagher. That might and likely probably means Arturi Alekinen. Yeah. All these are people that can move are likely to move now. I think with something like this, this signals that if you want to go, we will honor your request and we will help you get out of here if you want to. If you don't want to stick to a rebuild. If not, I need your effort here. Martin St. Louis is not going to let guys half-ass it if they're sticking around. And yeah, I don't think absolutely. there's a lot of guys who want to do that too
0: and it it signals to all the other teams in the NHL call us and make us offers for the guys on this team like call like we were willing to trade this guy so go ahead give us a call uh i so before we end this episode i want to ask you scott what is your favorite tyler toffoli memory
1: I, I actually just posted this too is that uh his overtime winner when they swept the jets was phenomenal he uh, had the big goals against toronto to secure the wins and that's in that there but that Tyler Toffoli hat trick, that game where he just absolutely blew up the Canucks, is where you could just tell that it's like he fits in here. Um, I'm, I'm really sad. I am really sad to see him go. He fit in so well. That uh, Players' Tribune article that he was part of about how he was meant to be a Montreal Canadian, I haven't felt this sad about hockey since they lost in the cup final. And <laughs> it's... It's, it's nice been a rough
0: to... season, so this is that's a tall order, Scott. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it it it's nice to feel something that is isn't anger towards the coach, I guess. So, mm-hmm. but I I wouldn't say that abject sadness is much better. Um, he's gonna dunk on us when we play Calgary again this season. It's just gonna happen. I've accepted that already. I'm okay um, with it. I, I it's gonna happen. I it, <laughs> it always happens. There's always the revenge game, and it's always gonna be something big. So. Just Just, I I hope he does well. That's all I hope for is I want him to succeed. He should, I want him to be happy out in Calgary and our good friends at the Scorch stack. Please take good care of Tyler to and Dodger and cat. They are wonderful, truly great people and dogs. Um, We're going to miss him in Montreal though.
0: Absolutely. So my favorite memory before we go is uh, the players tribute article. I read that and I had goosebumps and I cried and I don't really have those feelings about sports anymore. So you know, that's going to be, it's going to be a tough one to say goodbye to him. In the meantime, thank you, Tyler Toffoli, for all the memories. Thank you all for listening. You can find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Please subscribe on YouTube or your preferred podcasting platform. And if you liked this podcast, please check out Lockdown Bets, where they're absolutely killing it. We will talk to you tomorrow.